All right, welcome to a special edition of the Thunk Tank. How are you Thunk Punks doing? We had Sarah Bean come on this week. She is a marketing expert, social media guru, and pretty much the the concept for the episode was a conversation we had, which was uh, the effects of the streaming culture on the monoculture, must-see TV, movie release, tune-in events, and how that's all been kind of segmented by this weird streaming age we're in. And kind of dove into where it was going, the looming subscription age of everyone having their own service. And uh, so if you're interested in superheroes, craft beer, the Oscars nonsense, and a little bit of J.J. Abrams hate I managed to sprinkle in there because, I mean, come on, that guy's asking for it. So uh, give it a listen, let us know what you think, and thanks for checking out the Thunk Tank. Attention humans, this is a Thunk Tank. Please insert this podcast directly into your nearest orifice for viewing pleasure. Okay, you ready? Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Welcome. To, come into our. Come into our Thunk Tank. Luke, don't switch <laughs> to the other peanuts. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking, and we're thinking, <laughs> and we're thunked. <laughs> oh my God, I'm probably more beer than man if we go far enough back at this point. burping into the mic and when you pop the can try to get that sound on the mic too. oh i'm really in the pop zone over you're here. the popper tonight okay. yeah you have all the beers uh all right so cheers so i'm here tonight with sarah hello hi sarah she's a very interesting character so we're gonna have her come on the podcast that's a lot of pressure to just start off with right away <laughs> yeah that's those that's sometimes i give like fake credentials or, or, or hyped up credentials for people are but my real credentials like not good enough you can to, like, i just didn't want to i just didn't want to speak for you but um sort of a social media expert i would say right not uh, sort of you are no, i'm so afraid of the term expert <laughs> um i have run social media accounts there you go yeah like official ones right sure yeah no, not I've just never, a fan I've page never, i've never had a page be verified that would be exciting no oh, okay. bl- no blue checks in my career but someday yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Stretch goals. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's talk about uh, what beer we're drinking and then get into talking about the internet. So the reason I know you is because we work at the same brewery. Right. And we're drinking one of our beers, mm-hmm. which seems fair. Right, it's a good one to start <laughs> with. Um, I actually really like this beer. This is, like, probably my favorite beer that we've made in a while. Um it's a strawberry whip beer, which is good because we don't we it's been a while since we've made a whip beer, which is good because so often we're asked what we have that's like a blue moon, and usually we don't have an answer for that question. Right. <laughs> Although if you give them almost anything that with a European yeast, they're like, "Ooh, I like this too." The fun, the f- this is something that actually annoys me a lot. Is so often people think the Belgian blonde is a blue mo- like a blue moon style. Yeah, and it's not at all. I tend to give them that, and they're like, "Oh, this is great." And it's not at all it's the <laughs> same beer, but whatever. They like it. It just always blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, I like a good wit summertime. It's that time of year. This is a very good summer beer. All right. So how are corporate interests ruining 
our multimedia world by trying to jump on this streaming train. Um, so is that really how you're going to introduce Just this? Just going to pivot in hard. <laughs> That's a hard pivot. Yeah, it's the thunk tank. Uh, That's fair. We got like 30 listeners. I mean, Just get right to it, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I listened to like the breakdown of this a lot but you're a game of thrones fan yeah we just did a whole we just released a whole episode on game of thrones like share and subscribe (laughs) so like the the a lot of this conversation revolves around the fact that like game of thrones is like the end of the monoculture it's kind of like the last sort of vestige of culture that like us as a populace are interested in the, the tune-in TV. Like, right, like event television. Yeah, that's what they called it. So, yeah. So it's been like, so long. The, like, last vestiges of event television are, like, the Super Bowl, basically. And, like, that's it. Award shows, which well, I know you're a fan Well, that's not of. even... No, because, like, with increasing, like, returns, like, the, the award show sort of viewership gets lower and lower. Mm. This year, there was such a big problem with the whole, like, Kevin Hart of it all. With he, I mean, he was hosting and then he wasn't hosting. And then there was this whole thing about how there wasn't going to be a host. And it's because viewership for the Oscars has gotten so low that there's like no positive to being the Oscars host. There's like almost only negatives. Anyone big enough to get the gig, it's not worth doing. Right. Because there's there's almost like no winning with that. Because like if you think about, I mean, like Ellen, there was criticism, just like the James Franco and Hathaway, like fiasco. There's like really no winning with hosting an event anymore. That used to be like the peak of someone's career. And now it's just like a danger zone like well, nobody wants to touch it that's like they they, they try to blame michelle wolf for ruining the white house correspondence dinner because this year they said we're not getting a comedian to like do a bit but they're also nobody from the white house is going either because nobody actually cares so it's just a bunch of reporters getting together now and there's none of that like it used to be the both sides getting together the reporters and the reportees and like having a night where they rib each other but it's just people are too sensitive now they can't do that but i don't know if it's really hurt like they say that she was like inflammatory or something, but she really wasn't that bad. Uh, and it, I just think that after that, people were they couldn't they probably couldn't find anyone good to do it. Well, and part of the the interesting thing about like even that conversation is like that's a woman in like talk like she had a show that's gotten there's like no late night talk shows anymore either, which is like an interesting like the streaming has like completely ruined what used to be like a touchstone in television because when was the last time you watched a late night television show, like a segment, a whole episode anywhere other than YouTube? Uh, Like if, if I'm at the gym after work, after the bar closes and it's on, I might put my headphones in, but if the headphone jack on the treadmill's broken, I don't move to another treadmill. I'll just, I'll watch it on YouTube on my phone later. Yeah. It's just like, I don't work in late night television, but like the construction of a late night television show has probably like moved completely into segmentization. Yeah. It's just kind of like, these are literally going to be like YouTube chunks now, which is just like, that's insane. (laughs) But I mean, the late shows, it was not a good time anyways. It was just dead air after the news. And they were like, well, we'll just give a comedian a studio, one of our empty studios, and let him smoke cigarettes and have a drink and just chat about the things of the day. So they kind of expect too much from that stuff. Like, should it really be an enshrined institution that should last hundreds of years? Or But that's the thing. It was like... like, part of a dead technology. At one point, that was like the peak of a comedy career was to get like a late show gig. And like, what even is that anymore? Is it to have a Netflix special? I don't even know the comedians they get anymore. Right. 
So like now is it an, is it to have a Netflix special? Is it to write a feature? Like who would yeah. you say is like the most famous comedian now? I mean, numbers wise, it probably is Kevin Hart or like Russell Peters, one of the international guys. So in that case, is it to like have a crazy weird like cinema? Yeah, it seems like the only people like the big names they get, they're forced to go on as part of a press tour. They know you're not going to watch, but when you see me talk about this dumb story from the Goonies or something, you'll be like, oh, yeah, Avengers is coming out. And it's like, thanks, Josh Brolin. But he like had to do that. Nobody's like, oh, I got on the Today Show, the Tonight Show. It's like, oh, I have to go do the Tonight Show. I went on the Tonight Show once. I got the dance behind the band on stage. You're like literally on the Tonight I was show. on the camera. Yeah, I was, I was in frame for a scene. Was it Fallon? It was Fallon. Okay, I've been to a screening of the Fallon Show, yeah. like a taping, but And not. it's weird, like, because we were in the audience for the first half of the show. And then we had to like 20 minutes into the show, we had to, yeah, I guess 20 minutes, we had to go wait in a hallway to be part of that. But we got to see like the warm up act because they have a comedian coming mm-hmm. to the crowd and they explain the rules, like when you're supposed to clap and the cues. But it was really weird because uh, did they do this for you? He has like some warm up crowd work that references jokes later in Jimmy's monologue. So when he makes like a joke about cucumbers and like the tag really lands Cucumber. and he gets a big laugh, it's because the guy did a 15 minute bit about cucumbers up with us with just I the studio audience. I don't remember. It was like two or three years ago. And I remember like the whole audience laughing at these jokes that were so obvious and not that funny, but it was a real laugh. It wasn't canned laugh. And it was because it was a callback. Ah, I remember that guy said that before. I was like, wow, is it really that easy to just that look good? That is kind of smart though. Yeah, because that's why when he watches it and he gets a big laugh from like, you know, an okay joke, like you're not laughing at home to the Tonight Show monologue. But you, okay, so like like five so minutes fake ago. So it's all fake I mean, yeah, like five minutes ago, you mentioned the Avengers, which is like a big factor. That's in, part of the monoculture, isn't right. it? Right. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like maybe after Game of Thrones is like maybe the only other monoculture thing we have at this point. Because especially like with this past weekend, I mean, it's going to be interesting how this moves because the X-Men are now part, I mean, X-Men are technically Marvel. Disney now owns X-Men especially with the Dark Phoenix box office, X-Men so is shitty. failing. Yeah. Like, X-Men made $33 million at the box office, which is really bad. Aven- Avengers made more than that in pre-sales. Right? Literally, Avengers made more than that in, like, four hours. Damn. <laughs> so, it's just... Re- so, it'll be, like, interesting now that... Because the only reason, like, people even go to the cinema anymore because of streaming culture is... For the Avengers, like movie stars used to be a thing. Movie stars don't exist anymore. Like you are sold on IP, like intellectual property. Like at this point, like does it even really matter who the Avengers are? Are we going because it's the Avengers? Yeah, I don't care who the next class of Avengers is. I'm still going to watch it. Right, exactly. So like there, I mean, there's a certain point where like. But is that just because. Like, you talk about Game of Thrones and Avengers. That all started about 10 years ago. So, really, before streaming. I was torrenting things, of course, legally. Sure, why not? Probably not. But I was torrenting and, like, streaming stuff at home when people... Like, I'd have my little netbook. Do you remember the little Samsung notebook, netbook things they had? No, I come from an Apple family. Oh, well, fancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a Samsung house. Uh, but I had this little, it's like... Eight, yeah, it's not great. But I had this little, like, eight-inch netbook and I found and I got all of like Star Trek and a bunch of Simpsons and I was watching it somewhere and at like a park or something. So I was like, 
wait, where's the DVD? Like, how are you doing that? And I was like, Psh, that shit's old. Like, just you wait. And it did happen. And now we, it's all cloud-based. I thought we'd all have hard drives with all our favorite stuff on it. But we don't. We just stream off of a network. But Do you not save your favorite stuff on a hard drive? If I, I don't download stuff anymore because there's just fair. so much streaming stuff. It's like, oh, hey. But then every now and then when like they pull Avengers off of Netflix, I was like, mm, I remember the good old days. When you had it, you had it. Like, uh, but R.I.P. LimeWire. Oh, that was the shit. There, uh, U-Torrent was the best. Uh, uh, Demonoid was a big one. I really like Demonoid. I still got some spots. If I got to really find something, I might like... I might do a download. I know some spots. See, I just wait because there's so much other stuff that's free that I also want to watch. Like, I'm so backlogged. So that's like part I of stopped, it, though. I stopped hoarding the streaming. Oh, but my question was, uh, is it just because that stuff got started before this streaming took place? And now that we have that, we're so fractured in our interests, we'll never get that back? Or is it we've always only had the attention span for, like, a Game of Thrones, not three or four? Like, Star Wars was what the early 80s was for nerds. Like, there wasn't... Oh, I don't you know, think that's true at all because, like, we're binge culture now. I think it's that nobody mm, wants to leave their houses. <laughs> that's true. That is a growing trend. Yeah. I, I mean, we, that's cinema box office. That's part of the reason it just keeps decreasing. So, like, for example, there's a movie coming out this weekend called Late Night. Are you familiar with this movie? Late Night. No, uh, maybe. So it's a Mindy Kaling wrote it. I can't. I don't know if she directed it or not. Do you fact check this? <laughs> Uh, we'll do it. Do you guys have a fact checker? Yeah. Uh, My Mindy phone's Kaling, dead, so no. Mindy Kaling definitely wrote it. She's also in it. Emma Thompson is, is in it as well. And it's about like late night television. None of this really matters. I've seen it. Charming. Yeah. Got some problems. Not worth the best going to the ever. cinema for. Not exactly. I mean, there People are only go to movies for the visual stuff now. Right. Like Avengers. Right. Disaster so that's films. the, I mean, there's a whole other, com- like we can talk about the Netflix adoption of the rom-com. We'll come back to that. Right. But so, like, part of that is that there's, I mean, so, like, the, the thing about Late Night is Amazon Studios bought it at Sundance, which means that it will, no matter whether or not you see it in the theater, basically end up on the Amazon Prime streaming platform anyway. So, at what point, like, why would you even go to the theater to I'm see al- it? I'm already paying for that monthly. Right. I'll get it. Yeah. So, it's just kind of this complex system that's developing where, like, it sort of happened a little bit this year where this conversation started where like Netflix is starting to pay for big movies because they want that award recognition because it sort of still matters. But at the same time, like why would you go see a movie at theaters if you know it's going to end up on Netflix anyway? But in order to be considered for award contention, they do have to put it in some theaters, which is just like this whole complicated right, yeah. sort of hierarchy of like recognition and value and but don't you yeah but do you think that's really why they're i mean i'm sure that they're going to put it in a couple of theaters you go through the trouble of making a hundred million dollar movie like you know pay a theater to show it just so you can enter it but isn't it that they see what's happening like disney is going to start streaming like they're going to lose all their disney properties off of netflix cbs has they already have there's a few like like some of the avengers stuff is still on there but like Uh, but and some of the kids stuff that's technically part of some Disney studio, like the ones Disney Plus launches, they're going to pull all of that off. And I think Netflix realized like we have to be a real content uh, maker because because net because like Disney, well, you Fox, have to think Netflix CBS, is sort of like the pioneer of that of the streaming. 
of like the content. We're like no longer well, a saying, content database. Studio, we're a developer. But these studios like Sony and mm-hmm. these companies that were developers are like now, oh, we can just take over Netflix, move into Netflix domain rather than letting them middleman. And Netflix sees that. And so they think we have to move into their domain of of if we're you know what I mean they have to pull a reverse move we're already got the streaming down and the reach we have to start making stuff or everyone's going to jump ship because we've all seen these internet platforms we all remember Napster or MySpace like people jump ship if something better or more easily comes along no one uses the third or fourth best map like navigation app you're going to go with whatever's best for you well i think i think we've reached such a mainstay with Netflix that i don't I don't think Netflix is at risk. I don't really watch anything on Netflix anymore, though. You don't think so? I feel like I go to it, and I go through my list and everything I don't want to watch, and then I go to Amazon so or I go to So if you Hulu. were to fire up, though, you would still go to Netflix first, I though. start at Netflix, yeah. Right. But my cable box starts on a net... used to start on a network. It starts at two or... You know what I mean? It starts on one of the major broadcast networks, and you don't stay on that. So which which streaming service do you think you get the greatest value out of now? Uh, lately I've just, I don't know about overall cause it's a very fluid thing, but lately I've been really digging Amazon. I'm a big fan of that good omens. Uh, I've, I'm oh, a Neil Gaiman fan. The, I've actually heard very good things. The book is really fun and the, ad, it was a very faithful adaptation that was still really good. And it's, and they've done like man in the high castle is one of my favorite obscure sci-fi writers from the sixties. Oh, the other season's good. I watched, I liked the first season a lot. I haven't even seen all that show to be honest, but I just love the book so much and I like how they did it. I just, I, I always try to watch it like with my wife and we have different schedules. Yeah. I mean, Amazon prime's, but like that's, they have, uh, but the way they, they like brought in people who made the content, you know, they're not, which is why game of Thrones was good for the first four seasons is because they, he was, they were working with the source material. So the guy. shows they're sort of doing that, but in some of those cases, like a lot of those movies, they're just purchasing at festivals. Some of those movies that they right. get, which like, did you watch the big sick last year? No. Okay. So like that, that's sort of one interesting concept is we were sort of in a culture where you couldn't get a rom-com made because it's, the cost to get a rom-com made didn't have the box office returns, but right. in this streaming culture, you can kind of bank the expense on a rom-com because it's the movie that people will watch on like a Friday night where they're like, Oh, we're home. Like, let's just stay home and watch a movie, which is why like there's rom-coms on Netflix and Amazon on and Hulu. Now, like the Netflix seems to have a rom-com coming out like once a month now. Which is, like, before two or three years ago, like, rom-com production was, like, basically at a standstill. And now, in, like, the last two or three years, we've got, like, three that I feel like... I listen to, like, a lot of pop culture, like, media criticism and stuff. There's, like, three or four in the last, like, four years that people really love and, like, kind of got some attention and, Mm. like, were sort of part of the zeitgeist. And, like, that is a shift in culture as well. But Netflix, that's Netflix trying to be a studio. Kind of, yeah. Because they're like, oh, we need rom-coms, we need actions, we need. Mm-hmm. They they're doing uh, terror and thriller stuff with the Sandra Bullock blindfold movie. So that that's was a big hit. Another interesting the, uh, thing, though. So like in the time that Birdcage came out, Birdcage, Netflix yeah. had a movie that was in contention to be like the best picture of the year, and they came out at almost the same time. And Netflix was the studio that funded that film, Roma, which is like one of, truly a very beautiful Spanish language film that came out last year. That came out on Netflix perhaps a week or two before Birdcage. And if you went to Netflix's homepage at the same, like around that month, Birdcage was everywhere and Roma was nowhere, which is weird because like Netflix, so it's like they want to be both things at once. They like know we're there to be there on a Friday night when you like want to watch 
just like a weird thriller to like get your brain going, but they also want that award recognition, which is just kind of like a strange thing. Well, that's that's the kind of weirdly fair thing about TV. It used to be like the good channels were the low ones, mm-hmm. but because they got there first back when you had to click through all the channels. But once you got a dial, like an actual keypad where you could just go to any of the 900 channels, it, it, it's kind of more fair because you flip through. Whereas Netflix, when the feed pops up with recommended, I assume that there are algorithm which is just a magic word for you know smart computer uh the, the algorithm is actually finding stuff that i'll like i will like not stuff that they want to push so you believe in the algorithm no i'm saying I, I think people naturally do and there's that trusting of oh this looks okay netflix is suggesting it and i like stuff on netflix and then but you know it, it just i feel there's more uh uh what do you call it like manufactured opinions where they'll convince you, like, oh, this is trending. When it says, like, the trending list on Netflix, is like, is it trending because people are searching it or because you put it at the top of, like, the new, and then when it got onto the trending, you put it at the top of the trending? Like, I just wonder how much they manipulate into that because Amazon is really shitty for that. I have to say, I don't like the interface. Netflix definitely still has the best. Hulu crashes all the time for me, and I've heard a lot of people it does that. Do you think that's not partially your software? Maybe, but I keep updating it, okay. and it just, it's just, I've always had trouble. Because, like, I had a really shitty Roku for a long time, and I just switched yeah. to, like, a Fire Stick, and it's been working way better. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should just try a new new hardware, but uh, but Amazon will mix in movies included in Prime and movies you can pay for, and movies if you have oh, stars you could sign in. That. Like, oh, you have, this is, uh, like, you get to it on Amazon, you'll click on it, and be like, oh, you need an HBO login for it, but we'll give you a free trial. And it's just trying to get you hooked on it so yeah. that you put the card in. But I, I just don't like how it's all mixed up like that. Uh, Do you, can you think of a show where like that sort of like algorithm suggestion has worked for you though? Where like it's pushed something at you and you've tried it and you're glad that it like it worked? Oh, I mean. Because yeah. I don't know that I have. I don't know um, that I like have ever like taken like a Netflix suggestion and been like, oh yeah, let's see what this is about. Yeah, usually if it suggests it, it's something I've already learned about independently. Right. And I'll be like, oh, that's on here now? Um, but at the same time, do you think that's because our devices are listening to us? Like, I do. Knows? I really do think they're listening. I think it's going to get, as AI gets better, it's just going to be, like, you know, like, you're going to start getting hungry as your phone's telling you, like, here's a coupon for something to eat. Like, it's going to be so, like, tuned into us that it's just going to be how we operate. Like, oh, I'm going to leave the house. I better fire up my my web or weave or whatever we call it, the iWeave. And it just, like, fits over your head. I like as a Samsung household, you're calling it the iWeave. <laughs> Don't hate on my superior products. <laughs> Korean, th- that is a... Your superior s- products, but you're calling Korean it an iWeave. company that pays a living wage, okay? There's no one jumping off the Samsung factory what? windows. Can we get a fact check on that <laughs> living wage? Well, living for over there, I guess. But I don't think they have the same suicide nets that Foxconn has in China. I don't know anything about the suicide nets yeah. in there. <laughs> they, they do make shiny, shiny hardware. You're right. Uh, I am annoyed, though, because I thought the death of cable was going to be like a longer period of a golden age for us. And I, I, I wonder you know this. I think the golden age of streaming is kind of over. Like the Wild West days, if you could just like torrent a 10 gig file of your favorite show, like all 10 seasons and get them in perfect 
1080 but to me that's pee and have it forever like that's that went away quickly that was the wild west days where you could just go find a river full to of me, gold that's like no longer the streaming era that's like the pirating era like that, well, I feel that, like came. This is a that new was the thing. precursor yeah. to the streaming era and then we and then the streaming became they realized if we just provide it for them they won't pirate it if we just make it as easy as pirating they'll sit through our ads and or if we just charge them and there's no ads they'll pay it because it's because in the moment it's the same it's easier than pirating yeah and the pricing is like oh at this point it's like worth three dollars for me to watch this movie on amazon than to like find it and download it from a place that i know i'm not gonna get a virus kill my computer with frost wire or lime wire any of the wires there's so many they were all terrible oh so bad you thought you were downloading a movie and and then you didn't realize after you clicked it it was a dot exe file you're like what did i just install on the family computer but so then the streaming the golden age of streaming came out but I feel like they're figuring it out now, and now it's going to go into, you're going to have, if you want to watch Star Trek, you're going to need to pay CBS 8 bucks a month. If you want to watch Avengers, you got to pay Disney 10 bucks a month or 12 bucks a month. If you want your Netflix, if you want to watch Friends over and over, you got to pay Netflix 12 And then you add it all up, it's like I'm paying more than I was for my cable bill, and I still have to go out and like work around these bullshit algorithms or try to seek out. It's that same problem. It's, just like, it's too hard to decide what to eat at the buffet, so you just put everything on your plate. You don't remember what everything, anything tasted like, and you feel sick. It's like, I'd much rather just have to pick one. It's going to be the only reason we maintain any relationships, because you're going to be like, you're going to know one person that's got Hulu, and you're going to know mm. one person that's got Netflix, and you're going to know one person that's got HBO, and you're going to pay for the Amazon, and you're all going to trade. And that, that'll be our collectivism, our digital kibbutz we build. Yeah. It's, it's going to be streaming. That finally brings us I mean, together. that's how my family works. Like, one of us pays for Spotify, one of us pays for Amazon, one of us pays for... That makes sense, but they're, they're planning on cracking down on that netflix just said something recently that they're going to make it that all six logins have to be from the same ip address so you have to be living in the same house we'll see about that yeah the pushback was so big that they just stopped talking about it but they're not going to give up on that idea they're going to circle back around definitely not saying i currently have an extra router attached to my current router that tells my router that i'm attached to my parents ip address so yeah i mean vpns all that stuff is great but yeah i mean i guess it just depends if you're smart enough to figure all that out and most people won't be which is what they're banking right which is still makes it a golden age if you could be bothered to figure it out but i think a lot of these places will also just figure out if they charge two more dollars a month for a family plan where you don't worry as much about those ip addresses people will do it and they'll make two more dollars billions yeah right because that's like i mean i think netflix and spotify are already doing that because yeah that's what we have i think so uh, I don't know. I just see it. I see it segmenting. So, like, it. I think we might look back one day and be like, "Remember, when you could just pay the cable company one price, and they had to negotiate with all these providers." Now I have to go and find a thing and this, and you know, it's not working, or you know, they they tried to raise the price. Like, but then you can also arguing. maybe kind of do that like month to month, though. I mean, you still kind of have to like watch what you're paying for and when. But yeah, I mean, it is a la carte. Do you you're bothered by that? Um, kind of. Kind of, because I just see it as it's going to, I think ultimately when they try to sell you on, it'll be cheaper and you have more choice, you get the opposite. It ends up costing more than the last thing and you end up getting less choices. Have you ever actually paid for a cable bill though? I feel like my parents' cable bill is so expensive. It's crazy high. We did it. I did it when I first moved out of my parents' house like 10 years ago. We got, because it was cheap for the first year deal. It really wasn't. After three months, they spike it because they say they can. But it was like, you know, $25 for each of the three things. It was like, well, internet's 60 and it's 75 and we get a landline, which was great. Why I not? feel like at that point, and that's cable. like 10 different services. I don't know a single service that's more than $10. What do you mean? 
Oh, yeah, but you're still paying for internet. That's the thing. I'm still paying my cable company way too much for shitty internet compared to what other like you know Ukrainian internet is four times faster than ours and it's cheaper because the government just when they installed the internet said it had to be this this fast and they did it, but they didn't have that rules here and our so our internet is just shit and they throttle speeds and they could provide more but they, they just don't. They'd have to invest in more cables and bullshit and they just they don't do that. Like, we have some shitty internet quality in this country. That's, Co- a, I mean... Compared I, to, like, countries that you don't think of as beating us at stuff. Like, Ukraine got invaded by Russia. Those pretty are sure all we, hackers. I'm not surprised. Pretty sure we could fight back against the... Yeah, you got to give them the internet. <laughs> They'll take it either way. But... How else is Trump going to win elections? Yeah, that's true. Those 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 uh, troll farms. They got to get that gigabyte. That's another thing, too. Like, what happens if Russia hacks the Netflix algorithm and Chernobyl does, or the HBO algorithm and Chernobyl doesn't pop up? That's fine. I, the, everything is so dark right now. I haven't watched a single second of Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, that, it looks dark. Did you see Russia's making their own? Chernobyl? They're making, they didn't like Just it. Just like from their viewpoint? Yeah. Because they, they, ours kind of points out how for like days at, before, when it first Putin happened playing the main character I just like shirtless so. just shirtless and just, just greased like up and glowing yeah but uh, it, it was like you know the government does what all governments do they're like no it's not that bad don't worry trying to like downplay it and then people's faces start at melting off like okay we gotta shut this down uh, and their version is blaming the CIA did it they think we caused Chernobyl do they also think the CIA caused the election <laughs> Uh, probably i can't wait for that movie the story of, I, of donald oh yeah it's rough i i haven't even watched like most of handmaid's tale like i don't it's too real it's, it's, it's when life starts imitating the it's art bleak. that the art was trying to imitate it gets too real and you gotta step back i'm just watching like shittier and shittier television as if to like counter program the darkness of reality it's gotta be weird for someone from another country that hasn't seen handmaiden's tale though because you look at like the abortion clinic like protest and there's a bunch of women dressed in those outfits like mixed in with like people in tie-dyed shirts and stuff and you're like wait what there's amish like what's going on in that country again it's got to be kind of confusing I yeah I just I I watch like more and more less brain challenging television because I like need to like yeah. I engage I engage less and less with the news like <laughs> checking out rom coms keeping the stream look they're good know. now they're back rom coms hey, are back why do you think Wizard of Oz was like best film of that year or whatever because it was in the 30s and shit was rough I don't want to see a gritty film adaptation of ice of mice and men and grapes of wrath I could look outside to see the Dust Bowl. I want to see magic metal men and straw men singing and it's dancing, a good point. And making me feel better. It's the escapism of it. The most, I don't, I bet you don't even know about this. The most recent Netflix rom-com release has like a 10 minute segment in the middle where Keanu Reeves just as a parody of himself. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It's so good. Can we talk about Keanu for a minute? Absolutely. So this is kind of our pop culture episode and he's yeah. really surged back in it's a way that makes Keanu me happy. It is a Keanu sans. Oh yeah, my gosh. Fuck a McConaughey. It's the Keanu sans. Yeah. His, his uh, revival is very short. I don't like because it was it, nobody does. It was I just a reminder a of his gimmick. I bigger McConaughey hater, but Keanu signed me up. My best friend from college last week was like, why do we care about Keanu again? And I was like, how dare you? First of all. First of all, yeah. Some of us always cared. You guys are just coming back around to him. No. Um, I've always been a big Keanu fan. I'm glad that we have given him the due that he deserves. <laughs> I saw John Wick 3 opening night. No regrets. I still haven't seen it. That's a crime? What do you think about people 
people keep making up stuff on the internet about him being like, oh, he's going to be the next Wolverine. Uh, no, he's Would not. watch it. Right? I don't think they'd pick him, though. He's old. Uh, yeah, but so is Wolverine. That's true. But they're like, he's going to be the next Wolverine. And then someone was like, uh, oh, no, he's actually going to be Adam Warlock in the next uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So I was like, no, he's going to be one of the Eternals. In the, he'll be well, a young the Odin thing. in so the like, Eternals. Like, people are, are like, just getting out of control casting him for him. Okay, but so like, is the Eternals thing not legit? No, it is. I just don't know anything about. We just don't have any details. So, the, does the Eternals is that like a real Marvel thing? Oh yeah, it's a real comic. Like they're. Do you think it deserves like the series that? I think I think they could do it really well. Like that's part of my favorite stuff in the early Marvel movies was like seeing Asgard and the mythology, like world building stuff. That like the retconning of their ancient world. Like every Thor movie opens up with them like fighting on some planet somewhere else. So what's the elevator pitch on Eternals? Like, uh, they're, they're, they're like the first race. Like what's his name? will probably end up being at Jeff Goldblum's character. So the collector, point, like they, they, they've been around since before the universe was created. There was like a few hundred people hanging out and they kind of have their own powers cause they, they like predate the universe. So is Goldblum signed on? I don't know, but I just hope he shows up because he did a great job as the Grandmaster and the Grandmaster is like a major character. Him. So uh, like at this point, it would be like Goldblum, Angelina Jolie, and Ke- Keanu. Keanu. I, I hope, I want Keanu to play a young Odin because Odin's pretty old. Like he's been around for a I while. I mean, I would fucking see that movie for sure. <laughs> Am I yeah. allowed to curse on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we have 30 viewers. Fuck them. Or <laughs> listeners. Uh, don't fuck you. You guys are great. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like, share, subscribe. We love you guys. But yeah, you say whatever you want. Mm. Our sponsors are all Patreon, so, okay. So whatever. I mean, it's. I mean, it sounds good. I would absolutely see that movie, and I'm sure it'll be well done. Like Marvel has proven that studio can make an entertaining movie, even if it's. So is is it like a like a noir? Like is it dark? Is it you know I, I have fun? no I, I have no idea because Black Panther is kind like the comics. The first comics were kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. like the plunging V, like leopard print outfits, because it's like some racist cartoon from the '60s. A bunch of white guy mm-hmm. comic book writers wrote it because they wanted to have a black superhero. Like they didn't really know what was going on. Uh, so like the comics, like the early Eternals are kind of hokey, but like the Thor comics were really hokey and the original Thor, if he put the hammer down for 30 seconds, he turned into a regular guy forever until he picked up the hammer. So if you like threw the hammer at the moon and got hit in the head and the hammer landed on the moon, he just turned back into, uh, uh, Donald Blake for the rest of his life. And that was it. He wasn't Thor. Like Thor was like, is a weird schizophrenic in the comics and he didn't fly. He could just jump really high. I know, right? It's, I can't wait for Thor 4, which they announced. I mean, they so uh, this this is also a different tangent, but like whoever fixed Thor like deserves a medal. It was Taiki Waiki. Taiki Waiki. Taika Waititi. Taika Waiki. Well, how do you say it? I can't ever say it. Taika Waititi. He's great. He's really good. P- but can we really say he fixed Thor? I think so. Did he write that movie? Uh, I don't know, but like the, the see, like sometimes directors a lot get of, credit for stuff that writers probably. There's a lot of improv, like he, and that that's up to the director ultimately. Mm-hmm. If you have good actors, that's a big part. But it's up to the director whether to shut that down or to waste film, cause it's all yeah. But to burn film and f- f- filming hours, like, like I've literally I want Chris never Hemsworth seen Thor two, and I won't. But it's rough. It's I've heard rough. Men in Black International's not good. I don't think it's good. They got the guy who wrote uh, Transformers, the last Transformers movie, to write it. So I uh, doubt it could be good. But I just want to see Chris Hemsworth and I'll probably see it and Tessa Thompson together again. She's incredible. She's great. Ugh. And I hope that they're together in Thor four. 
Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I think Eternals will be all right. There's a lot of things I want to see. Keanu Wait, so they're doing a Thor four? It's not mm-hmm. going to be like a Thor Guardians. I'm hoping he shows up in Guardians three, but I bet there'll be like a throwaway line. We dropped him off, so and so. Which pick is him supposed up later. to come first? I think Guardians three because he said he wants to take a break from acting to be with his kids or whatever. Oh, it's like, dude, we need Thor. I know this is a pop culture thing you care a lot about, but lots of people speculate on the success of his marriage. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, like lots of people think that divorce is on the horizon. None of my business. Maybe that's why he wants to take a year off to make that transition easier for the kids. He seems like a great guy. Yeah, he does. He really does. But it's probably hard to. to That's complete speculation. There's no evidence whatsoever. I like that though. Keep that, stir that drama pot. Oh, I've got tons. I could talk about pop culture drama all day. Do you feel confident about the future? Are you like an X-Men person at all? Yeah, yeah. I was always a big fan of the comics. I remember when, when the first one came out in 99 or 2000, and we got the VHS. Me and my brother were in middle school, and we watched it over and over and over because there, there were no superhero movies. The only ones before that were Tim Burton's Batman and stuff, and those were ridiculous. Consistently, I hear from people ones, that like horrible. the love for the X Men comics to like the success of the X Men series is like the weirdest sort of disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like people who like really like there are lots of people who really really love the X Men comic who are like these movies are garbage. Yeah, it's kind of where I land these days. Right. So like, do you feel confident that Disney can and will fix that franchise? Yes, absolutely. There's, there's so, so he even admitted Stan Lee wrote X Men as sort of like commentary on, I think it was like civil rights and like specifically gay rights. Cause like these people that like science is saying they're mm-hmm. born differently, but society doesn't want to see it that way. And you know, that they see as weaknesses or strengths. And there's like so lots of good, uh, like elements that you could still tell really well in like an updated way with new groups and other things. And I just felt like it was very ham handed in the, the 20th century Fox versions. And the way they tried to reboot the cast by coming up with a new cast because of time travel now was just like really badly done. Like, okay, I get it. It's it's McAvoy instead of Stewart now, but the really convoluted time travel movie didn't really like help with that. There was a better way to do it. They just suck at at movies. Do you have like a dream interpretation? Like, would it be films? Yeah. Would it be like premiere television? It would take place, first of all, it would take place in the 80s. Okay. Because... Like I it's, love it, a period It's drama. ridiculous at this point that because Magneto, part of his whole story is he grew up as a child in the Holocaust. Like he's a Holocaust survivor, so where all of his anger and like hatred and never againism comes from is well founded, and he ends up always being right. Like I told you, the humans were bad, and it's like, well, is it his fault for pushing them to that point, or was he right that human nature they would turn on the other, the minority, or whatever? So there's always, but the idea that he is still somehow. Like so, they had to kind of reboot it that way and go back to the '70s because, like, there's no way he's a Holocaust survivor still running around throwing jeeps and metal things and like in a muscly outfit. He'd be a hundred. So, I think they should do it then, and I think they should do like the whole Sentinel thing right. Like, Genosha mm-hmm. is supposed to be this like mutant, col- like like country of their own that like the rest of the world kind of invades, and then Asteroid M is a thing where Magneto like literally like rips a chunk off. And, or pulls, I think, pulls an asteroid into orbit and builds a city in it, and is just and, and steals a bunch of nuclear weapons. And he's like, "Fuck off, humans! This is our c- country. You have yours. 
we got nukes though. Don't fuck with us. And it's this like weird thing where he becomes kind of a dictator, like a despot. And there's lots of cool things. We have the technology to, to in CGI to do those stories now. And I think Disney could do it really well, but so does it not concern you like how like squeaky clean Disney is because so like, here's the thing I've listened yeah. to like four or five different commentaries on dark Phoenix this week. And sort of the the underlying theme is that people say that like part of like a fundamentally misunderstood sort of aspect of the X-Men series is that it's like sort of like stoner punk rock Avengers. Like they're always just kind of like anti-establishment, like fuck you guys. Like always breaking the rules, but also just still kind of like chill about it. Like, yeah, like fuck you guys, like whatever. So like, do you think like literally not one of the Marvel people is allowed to like smoke a cigarette ever? Like, do you, that stuff's weird. I've read some of those things that they make them do. Like you can't, you can't say inflammatory stuff. Like, there's a reason you didn't hear Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. bashing Trump in the last election. They're not supposed to weigh in on that stuff. Like, it's their wholesomeness clause or whatever. That's what you're talking about. Right. right. You can't be caught smoking by the paparazzi. And you get, like, fined an actual dollar amount. Like, it costs you money. Like, you lose income. Uh, that stuff bothers me. But at the same time, like, the bad guy in the last in the big in, in Avengers Endgame and Infinity War was a genocidal maniac who killed half of everybody. Uh, even like that's still like at least they didn't shy away from that. Like sometimes I, the so hard it gives thing me is, hope. Is like, but now they're in the Disney universe. Like Logan would never get made. No, you're right. It's inc- it's insane that Logan got made in the first place. Yeah. It's time for more beer. What kind of beer do you want? Uh, all right, beer roundup. Let's introduce the next beer. You pick. You choose. Well, Just you- grab a can. You can't tell from there, right? This is very aggressive. Well, we can't. We can have dead air. All we right, I've got beer. the trophy one. It just right. it literally is what I picked. Um, this is Trophy Partner. Um, if you're familiar with Trophy, it's a brewery out of Raleigh that has a few beers of similar names, like Trophy Partner and Trophy, or excuse me, Trophy Husband and Trophy Wife. And it's June, so for June they've made um, a beer called Trophy Partner because it's the summer. No. Oh. <laughs> June is Pride Month. Oh, okay. Uh, Some of our listeners so, might not know. So for June, they've made a beer called Trophy Partner, uh, something uh, less heteronormative. And a dollar of every of these, ev- every one of these beers sold goes to the LGBT Center of Raleigh. Nice. A specific local institution. That's yes. pretty cool. It's pretty good. I've had it before, but I hope you enjoy it as well. Yeah. You want me to rinse the glasses out? Yeah, sure. All I'm right. going to crack you this get, in the You got to keep talking, microphone. though. No, I will. I'll vamp. So, yeah, I just, I, I worry about that, but I feel promising about the X-Men universe as well. I have heard kicked around a lot that I would really love for them to, like, really focus on, like, the Academy, like, the Mutant Academy. I don't actually know what it's called. I'm sure you do. The School for Mutants, whatever they call Xavier's it. School Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. I would love to see, like, a, like a very, like... It's Mutant pre- High. Okay, sorry. I would love to see, like, a prestige series... That would be good. Just of like, like the underclassmen running around and you can have the, the teachers yeah, show up here Yeah, just like a there. very well-produced like high school mutant. Could be gay, kind of sexy, kind of punk rock, kind of. But that's just like, I like, that. it could be really campy. It could be in the 80s. That would be yeah, fun. And I just you, like, and like you, that. If you use the powers in the right way, too, that would add to it. Instead of just being like a boring, like freaks and geeks with superpowers. Kind yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I would be into that. Just like, it's got like the whole like, 
period nostalgia like sort Mm -hmm. of like stranger things like we don't know what we're doing but we're still saving the world kind of but this is where disney makes me nervous like you said because they do great work but they also gave jj abrams star wars and he's totally ruined it you have so many jj abrams feelings i hate jj when are you just gonna do like a whole jj abrams like bash cast i've I've ranted this is like like the third or fourth time he's come up and i always end up or disney comes up and i always steered it in that direction like you wanted i yeah i always want a chance everybody drink he talked about jj Abrams. <laughs> all 30 of you <laughs> but um like star wars was something i was really excited when disney bought it because george lucas had ruined it already with his mm-hmm. prequels because he, he like when he stopped doing cocaine he stopped being good at movies like it's i like his <laughs> early work but a lot of that happened to a lot of bands too a lot of pre- creators and makers in the 70s and 80s they ran out of the go juice or they couldn't take it anymore and uh, you know, the, the, and their work just went to shit. And like the prequels were terrible. So when Disney got it, based on the Avengers and, and Marvel, I was like, oh, great. They're going to turn this into a machine and like refine it and figure out how to build the Star Wars universe into what like all, all of us as kids wanted out of it. Like when you watch the original trilogy, you wanted more. You wanted to see more of Hoth. You wanted to see more of this. Like, you know, it was a glimpse into a universe you wanted more of. But Disney has so botched it that Star Wars fatigue is something I read about on the internet now, which never should have happened. Childhood Johnny would never have thought he'd get sick of Star Wars They're not going to make another movie for like three years after the Christmas release. And they shouldn't because they rushed it. I I think that is kind of smart. They rushed this whole trilogy and they have other stuff to focus on, but they still did it and and it sucks. And I think it's going to, it's going to, like, what's the next one going to be? They're getting rid of all Jedi and Sith, and they want to do their own, like, touchy-feely Force movie thing, I think. Now. I would love to see them do, like, a like a better history of the Jedi. That would be good, like a Knights of the Old Just because, like, that's kind, of, that's kind of what, like, the the prequel episodes, like, were supposed to be, kind of. And then they it, were, Yeah, they all were built off that, like, a throwaway line from A New Hope. Just when like, Kenobi says, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars. That sounded so cool to nerds in the 70s. They're like, what's the Clone Wars? That sounds awesome. Clones fighting with laser swords. And yeah, and it wasn't well done. And it was like weird and like politicky and just like it was a mess. And Jar Jar Binks, like either make him a Sith Lord or don't introduce him. The way he half-assed it, which I totally believe all those theories. Although related, sort of unrelated, we've kind of talked about this. So the Disney park at in in like the 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 sort of Star Wars part of the Disney yeah. park is supposed to has it opened yet or it's going to open I soon? I think or? it just did. So I haven't seen anything about that in the news, but the Hagrid ride has apparently got like eight hour lines already. Wow! <laughs> like fully like an eight in hour Harry line. Potter world. Yeah, Harry Potter was a big part of the monoculture. Yeah, but it's. You don't think there'll be another kids' book like that in the next 20, 30 years? I something just don't like know that? How? Like, what's. That's the thing. It's just like there's. That's the thing. All of these people are in a race to create content to get people to pay for their service. That I think it's going to be so hard to find something that get that everybody gets into again. Mm. Just the, the, the. It's not as big of a. Do you know of a property that exists? Because let's be honest, original material doesn't exist anymore. Do you know of a property that exists that could that you believe could drive that kind of attention? That isn't already, sort of? Um But those things just happen. Like JK Rowling didn't plan it. She just wrote a kid's book. And right. they wrote another one and then they wrote an American version and it took off. Like it just But that it was a happened. completely different time still though. Yeah. 
But we're we're all driven in so many different directions. But that's not something that summer no one could have predicted. Oh, this new lady out of Edinburgh wrote this book. It's going to be a huge. She's going to be richer than the queen. But content creation was still in like a different place then. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just feel like some like good things can still catch on. I mean, it helps if you're like a Disney. Who when can, is the last time something like that caught on besides Game of Thrones? Well, if you're an HBO or a Disney, you could throw the advertising money behind something. But if you don't that need to. People, and it, I don't think that works anymore, though. I mean, it kind of did with Avengers. Like They spent hundreds of millions of dollars advertising it. Avengers been 10 years in the making, at least. Yeah, but you know that they're making two, three movies every year because they tell you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. They're good movies, but if they weren't constantly reinforcing you, hey, we have a new superhero movie coming out, I don't know if it would have kept the traction it got but early that's, on. But it's still something that, like, like it's not new. The, the scary answer, I think, is that it's going to be whatever Disney picks. Like, they'll pick something to be the next, like, big monoculture thing, or HBO is going to try to make that. another Star game. Wars, and there's already fatigue. But like like HBO, they had The Sopranos was this kind of thing that people tuned in. Like people bought HBO just to watch the next season. But of the Sopranos, Sopranos haven't been on in a decade. But, but I'm saying they did it with Sopranos. Then they turned around and said, "All right, let's the, these nerds want to do it with this fantasy series. Let's let's do it." And they did it with Game of Thrones. So they can just turn around and find another. There's a book I think would make a great Game of Thrones type thing that no one's heard about before. But Honestly, like, did you ever hear about Game of Thrones before the show came out? Like, it was no. very, it was in the small world of fantasy nerds. Right, but that was. Did still... You ever hear of Robert Jordan either? They've been talking about his series for years, turning into. No. This is a 14 book epic. It's like, oh my God, like 30,000 pages overall. I read them and I'm very angry with him too. He died before he finished it and the guy who finished it did okay, but it kind of sucked but the and point underwhelmed. that I'm trying to make is it's still been eight years since Game of Thrones started. And the, the streaming has completely changed since then. Yeah. I think that we're driven in so many different directions right now that it would be so hard to get something. They're spending so much on that Tolkien adaptation for Amazon. Have you heard about this? That's the biography thing? No. There's, they're making like a Lord of the Rings series for Amazon. They've put so much oh, money into it. Oh, is this the Silmarillion? It. I have no idea what it is because I don't care. But Ouch. But... <laughs> but Amazon is putting so much money into like a Lord of the Rings series in the hopes that it'll drive in the same way that Game and, of Thrones and does. And I think I think because we're moving into this, let's call it the subscription age or subscription right. era. Like as we move into that, they're gonna have these big ticket things that they throw all their eggs into that basket. And if one of them lands, it could be the next thing, the next Game of Thrones. But it could also only is, make thirty three million dollars, like right. Dark Phoenix. You're right. But they, they make that they do that on purpose. Like Avengers paid for all the movies that Disney financed that didn't make money in the last however many years plus more. So it's like venture capitalists. Like I give a little bit of money to all these startups, and one of them is going to end up being sold for a thousand times what it was worth. They 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 kind of do the same scattershotty thing with their content. But I I think we might get an initial wave of new stuff. But then you're right, or you might be right as they chop up the audience into all the different streaming markets. It maybe just will never form just, back yeah, together again. Just, It'll stay segmented. I just don't believe that the way that we view stuff now, I don't believe that anything can capture attention in the same way that... What did you think about 3D TVs when they came out? No. Okay, good. They stopped making them like years ago. It's, I No. Do you remember when your friend had that and tried to get you to I've come over? I literally never watched a 3D TV. I went over to... This guy tried to get me to... He's like, come over, man. We'll watch. It's awesome. And it gave me such a headache in like four minutes. And I was like, can we just watch it regularly? He goes, no, it's only 3D. I was like, really? I'll purposefully avoid a 3D movie as well. 
Yeah, you don't like any of those? No. How do you feel about drive-in theaters? I think those should come back. I would like that. Because that's kind of the, the middle ground between not wanting to leave that's my house and I'm going like a somewhere. a horny person, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides that, but besides the, the, the date night aspect of it, of like, oh, it's easier to make a move because I'm in a car, not in a room with a bunch of other people. It just feels like a sensual experience to me. <laughs> But but I, I feel like that could easily come back. Yeah, sure. You don't I, think so? I mean, mm, no, I think people will just watch at home. They're like, oh, yeah. why would I pay 10 bucks to watch this in my car <laughs> in the heat of summer when I could watch it on my couch in my air conditioning? That's fair. That's the main problem. Why Why would you go it's to so anywhere? It's so hard to compete with that couch. Why would you go anywhere and watch anything when you can watch it at home in six months, maybe? I'm, I'm paying for my couch every month just by paying for where I live and paying for my air. Like, I want it to be cool when I get home. My AC's on. So you gotta, it's got to be a compelling thing to get me out of house to pay more to do what I could do there. That's the whole problem. That is. That's literally it? the root of this problem. <laughs> but, we, but like, I've, we've all sat on the couch so long where even if it's a great show you're binging, you just can't. You're wrong. No? They just switch shows. That's true. Switch it up. That's too much funny. Let's watch something sad or too much sad. Yeah. Go to scary. <laughs> That's part of the reason though, like you've never heard of half of the movies on the Oscar because on like the Oscars telecast is because they're like intense dialogue heavy movies where like the entire media experience now is what's easy that I can watch on my television while I also scroll Instagram on my phone. I do like Amazon because it has a lot of old movies. I think out of a lot of the streaming things, it has the most old stuff. And it is amazing how slow movies and... I think this might be a you thing. No. Oh, watching that stuff? Yeah, or? I think this might be a thing like you enjoy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's for old people who have just figured out... Their kids show them... Kids our age showed them how Amazon worked. And they're like, I could watch Spartacus again? And it's like, I, I'm not going to lie. I watched Ben-Hur on something recently. And that movie's like four hours long. Which, how old are you? <laughs> we'll be 30 this year. Okay. I like... I don't know a lot of like 20-somethings who like are like, oh, I can't wait to watch Ben-Hur on this it was Friday amazing, night. Though. It had like 10 Academy Awards. It was like a war. It's tied for the most Academy Awards with Titanic and, and Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings. Return but, of the King. But nobody got close to, nobody tied that record for like 30 something years. Like it really is an amazing yeah, film. Yeah, it makes me really mad that Lord of the Rings Return of the King is there. It was great. It was okay. a well done adaptation. And the, the Academy did that to them on purpose. They're like, we're not giving you awards every other year for these it visually makes me mad stunning that films. The franchise that got all the awards is Lord of the Rings. So, but it really, they should have spread it out over the three movies. They just dumped them all on the third one because two towers was a great film sure. it should have gotten more recognition than it's annoying that like no other franchise is like ever gonna get that kind of recognition like just Again. because of like <laughs> well lord of the rings earned it but we get it helps deep fine whatever <laughs> hey they shot three movies in a year and a half and all three were bangers so great i'm not gonna Viga sit Morton's here still i'm not gonna jazz. sit here and defend of uh, lord of the rings love a talking tree <laughs> Uh, they're ends, okay? Big difference. <laughs> All my ends out there, you know who I'm talking to. Light up, have fun. Anyways, uh, <laughs> fuck them. But like Ben Hur moves. Fuck those the trees. point is Ben Hur moves so slow. Like movies back then, just moved just like Lord of the Rings: Return so of the King. <laughs> There's like 20 minutes I, of Helm's I'm Deep, swatching. and the rest is like trees. Yeah, great film. Helm's <laughs> Deep was great. Those trees were awesome. When they start smashing the guys outside of Helm's Deep, even better. So Game, we're back Game. to Helm's Deep. The, just make the movie of Helm's Deep. 
I would have watched that. Yeah. Right. That's what it is. That's all it is. That's fine. I liked the original Lord of the Rings, the one from the seventies, which also moved way too slow <laughs> because it had it ended with Helm's Deep instead of where it should have. All right, well, besides you being wrong about that, there's another black and white movie I watched. Have you ever told anyone on this podcast they're wrong? All the time. It's, okay, it's, it's, clearly you don't listen. Glad it's not just me. Yeah, no, it's, it's mostly I've what listened we do. to some. Wow, we, we, we just basically hate on each other. They're really long. Do you want me to listen to all of them? I don't have six weeks. They are pretty long. They're, they're for background. <laughs> You're right. We should probably have shorter snippets because of the culture. No, live your passion. As long as it's not Lord of the Rings. Honestly, it is. But uh, yeah, I just don't have the energy to edit. Do you like segments. this beer? I really do. Me too. It's an IPA. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I agree. And very, very colorful. Yeah, that's how it's, gay things it's work. Got the, it's got the rainbow <laughs> heart on it. And I like the trophy logo as a rainbow. It just looks Me good. Me too. You notice uh, how I diffused that situation? <laughs> what? You notice how I diffused all that Lord of the Rings tension? <laughs> oh, it's still there. It's just below the surface. Oh. But, uh, okay. But there's some, there's some other movie I was watching where it was like this town... Like some the other rich guy movie? In, Tell me more. More details. The, the, the rich guy... It's an old black and white, but the rich guy in town wanted this woman dead and was like, if the town kills her... Like, if she ends up dead, everyone in the town will get a million dollars. And it's this depressed little town. And they're all like, well, so just one person has to do it. And they're a hero for the whole town. They, they get into real, like, moral, like, hazardous things. But it's so fucking slow. I was like, this is an interesting movie. You could never do it now, though. Because there just wasn't enough action. Is this or still been her? All right. We can talk about your modern stuff. Oh, your newfangled streaming services. I just wish you knew the name but, of this film. It sounds wild. <laughs> It was really good. I don't remember. But uh listeners, let us know what movie he's talking about. <laughs> or, but why why are there no new movies? Why is it all sequels and remakes? What what happened? Because is it just th- how are you going to get people out if it's not something they already know? It's the couch thing. I can watch But if I can watch Ghostbusters on my couch, why am I going to go to a theater to watch a redo of Ghostbusters? I'll just wait for I'll just wait for the original. They did. That's part of the problem. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. But then why redo something if it's been done? Like, why would I go out of my... Because I already know I like it. Well, what's something that's being redone that's been successful? Toy Story 4. They're not redoing it, though. They're continuing it. It's a redo of the last three movies, I'm sure. Let me guess. They start off okay... They lose something, and then they have to struggle to get it back without people finding out their toys that can that's talk. That's a vast generalization. That's like 50% of all stories. But that's also every Toy Story. Okay. Yeah, but they're not redoing they something. They need some they're new friends. They the, think they're not friends. Sequel. They end it's up being re- friends. It's not a reboot. It's a sequel. It's like another part of the chapter. It's not... Yeah. They're not like making a shot-for-shot shot remake. Yeah, but I mean, Revenge of the Nerds 3 and 4 were sequels. They were still terrible, just rehashing. I haven't rehashings. seen a single Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, well. <laughs> well, then that's a good, good point. good 20th century film. That's out. a good point, though. Like, what is one remake that's been successful? I don't think there is one. Men in Black? <laughs> Lord of the Rings? That was not the first time they tried to make a movie out of it. I can't believe you brought Lord of the Rings Of course back. I can. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to get away from this. <laughs> you can't escape. It has too many Oscars. I just like, do you think we'll live long enough to see the Harry Potter remakes? <laughs> oh, man. I, I think if anything, they'll do an animated version in like 50 years or something. That's You know what, though? 
that Spider-Man animated movie is pretty good. I still haven't seen that one. There's just so much to wait through. I'll probably see the it's new Spider-Man before doing I see this that movie one. conversation with you, uh, who's never seen a single movie besides Ben Hur. <laughs> um, and, and Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. The I would rather make that up. And Avengers. No, I, I don't get to s- get to movies nearly as much as I used to. I used to watch a lot when I was younger. Yep, too work. busy sitting on your couch. <laughs> uh, you're right. Watching movies at home. Yeah, it's too easy. Why would I go? Part of the problem. It's the whole but problem. Isn't it part of it? I mean, you go to movies a lot, so maybe you don't feel it. But when I don't go to a movie for a while, and then I'm sitting there and the lights go off, I have this like crazy thought at some point every film. I go, hope no one comes in and shoots me. Oh, absolutely. That's just something you can't help. I carry a taser. You can't. That'll help. Uh, the guy in the Joker mask with an automatic weapon. He's zap, zap. That's going to stop him from I the 10th row up. I don't see those big blockbuster movies, though. So you're trying to get, you know, That's massive. True. Most shooting. I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's probably for the best. But but like I went to a movie recently with a friend who doesn't go to movies. And he got really stoned. And he doesn't smoke ever. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's like, and after he hit his little pen a bunch of times, I was like, are you ready? And he was like, I've never actually been to the movie theater high before. I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Oh, I actually think that's like a more common movie experience than people let on these days. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. You should try it. But I'm just saying he had never done it before. And then he decided to do it for the first time with me. And he was very jumpy. He's a jumpy guy to begin with. What movie were you seeing? Avengers Endgame for the second time. Oh, jumpy. Yeah. But he was jumpy. And like there was like a humming sound in the next room. And it sounded like a popcorn machine or some bullshit like vacuum cleaner. But he's just like, what's that noise? What's that? sound what's that noise i was like part of it was like i think he's just stoned and scared why did you do like a paranoid stone person like why did you that's what he was being <laughs> that's what he's freaking out like, what is it's that? not the type of stoned movie goer you want to be no 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 well i'm not i'm chill when i go no i figure but you chose to go to the movies with this person who's what is the protocol for having to pee during you the just podcast? go <laughs> i can pause it you want to pause let's pause okay part in that hiccup uh, we got our next beer, though. This is from another North Carolina brewery that I love, and I've been to both locations. They're wonderful. You should go. Uh, Fonta Flora out in Morganton. Oh, I didn't realize that was a Fonta Flora. Uh, it's yeah. like different from their usual can yeah. flow. And they're they're and that's because they have very distinctive, beautiful can art, in my opinion. But this is their, I agree. Yeah, this is their uh, Southern saison with uh, black tea, lemon zest, and lemon juice. Oh, I think I've had it. It's good. Damn it. I keep picking beers you've had hard. No, it's just because I was there like the other weekend. Oh, great. At the farm location. Yeah, Whipperwell. Yeah, they got some money together because their pub was successful. So instead of buying more tanks or like getting a warehouse space, they bought an actual dairy farm, like defunct dairy farm. And they, they're like trying to bring it back and pl- not, not to make dairy, but to plant stuff and uh, grow ingredients. And they donated a bunch to like a state park. Conversation for a different day, but I'm like so intrigued by all these like taproom models, like the way that like this indicates success as opposed to like how ballast points model is just like down the tubes. Hmm. It's just like you can jump into beer at any point in this podcast. It's the (laughs) I'm just so so intrigued by that that model, the way that that works, the way that like the fight for shelf space happens, but and just the way like different breweries approach that. Because I was gonna say we work for a brewery that doesn't even participate in that fight like we've just right focus and like people look at us like we're crazy for that a lot like when i tell people about that model i get a lot of weird looks but based on the way things are going probably it's smart (laughs) right i I think it's the the hyper local movement yeah i mean we we want to be more of a location than a than a 
that it's a, something and you see in the grocery store. Yeah, than store. a product. We want to yeah. be like a spot more than like a product. It's an experience, not, right. not a drink in a can. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I agree. I think that's where it's moving. Mm-hmm. But, all right, well, we agree. Good. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Whew. Good to be not in like a Lord of the Rings moment. Yeah, good. We can maybe move past you being wrong about what that. What do you think an Ent's favorite beer is? Uh, they actually drink something called Entwash, and you're oh going to regret God. asking. Fucking God. And it's, it's basically like water, but better. I'm gonna make got electrolytes, I'm gonna make which is what crops and trees <laughs> Snoring noises. <laughs> now they probably like something. What do you think a Hobbit's favorite beer is? Uh, I, I imagine like English ales. Okay. Mm, like bitters, like and an ESB. And, yeah, yeah, that seems like a very Hobbity drink. Like they're not, they can't have that big of a kettle. They're tiny people, so I can't imagine they're brewing very high alcohol beers. You know how long does that was me? How long does a keg last for them? Really, a while, I bet. Oh, I bet it doesn't. They, I bet it goes fast. Because a pint of beer to them is like a stein, like one of the no, but they eat like steins. twelve times a day. Yeah, but is it that much food compared to us? Yeah, probably. Probably they eat a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be more interested. In I like, think a Hobbit would drink you under the table. Ah, uh, maybe. It depends on the Hobbit. I think they got a lot of hair on those toes. <laughs> well, you, uh, well, you know, you we only just got into this episode. <laughs> I don't know how hairy my toes are yet. Uh... <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if, like, the only place in your body you had no hair was your toes? Um, I, I don't on the bottom. The <laughs> That's bottoms are so hairless. weird. The bottom of my feet. Just it's like a bath mat, right? Mm-hmm. Just like whew, you wouldn't even believe it. Just lush, <laughs> lush curls. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Can't wait for this transition. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll pivot. We'll keep pivoting. So do you like the beer? Twitter. Yeah. I do actually. The tea, the black tea is definitely there. You can taste it. But that mm. lemon zest juice counters it nicely. Mm. It's not I thought it was gonna be like Earl Grey up in my face, but it, it's really not. I like an Earl Grey. I do too, but sometimes when they put it in beer, it can be like a slap in the mouth. It does still have like the real like you don't get like a traditional Cezanne a lot these days. There's not a lot of people who are like executing like a traditional Cezanne well. A lot of them mm. are going in that mixed culture direction just because sours are so popular. But I love that. That's part of the going to destination thing. Right. Like how do you make your beer here? And some of my favorite breweries like that, like I was at Fontaflora for a, a workshop and they showed us like they were making a, a Kavas beer and they let us break the bread up and I was just talking to the brewer and on the brew deck, and I was like, "Oh, is this your sheet?" And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "What do you mash in at?" And he just told me all these stats that you like shouldn't tell somebody. It's the rest. It's like a chef telling you his recipe to his award-winning dish, but like they made it with the bread from the bakery in town. Like I can't reproduce that in my city where my brewery is. And so it's that idea. It's like, yeah, you can't copy this. And if you did, it would be different anyways. It wouldn't be like people aren't gonna. People that they're not going to go there and come here the same day to get it. On a similar note, I had a beer at Trophy last weekend that was a style I'd literally never heard of. That was like specifically like a smoked malt. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Roush beer. Mm, close. Can I just say that I love North Carolina beer and I'm going to greatly miss it. Uh-huh. Uh, Is there a butt? Sounds like there's a butt coming. No, I'm saying, I mean, but I'm excited for West Coast beer because, you know, it's, it's their own beer culture and regional blah, blah, blah. But and like North Carolina on the East Coast, I think it's doing some of the best. In, like there's pockets in Carolina doing some really exciting, innovative beer stuff. 
And it's part, partly because it's so cheap here. People come here from other mm-hmm. areas. So you, you get like a good aggregate. But like I'm really going to miss that. Well, that's like, and that's a good endorsement as well because I feel like we're often underestimated on that front. All the time. In 20 years, it's going to be different. Like when I tell people about like White Lab setting up their like East Coast headquarters here in North Carolina, sometimes they're like, why? And I'm like, well, because we're like sort of like a beer mecca. Like yeah, Sierra Nevada got it. New Belgium got it. Like some people just get it. Um, it's a grotzer. Oh, I had that too. I think when I was yeah, there. it's just I. It was a style. I, you know, people in my family or people that know me like sometimes are like, "Oh yeah, she's a beer person." So naturally, someone at the table was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "I have no idea." And it it's a smoked wheat malt, so it really mm. just does taste like a grill. That sounds great, though. It sounds like a toasted smoky. bun. Yeah, it tastes exactly like something you should be like braising mm. browwurst. But I mean, all malt used to be smoked. I guess, yeah. At one point, it was all. This beer just tastes like smoked meats. Mm, that sounds amazing. <laughs> you specifically believe that, yeah. But I mean, tastes change too. Like sour beer was a big thing for hundreds of years, and then in the 20th century, no one wanted sour stuff because we got good at preserving food. It didn't have to be sour anymore. Now we're going back to that. Like the hop IPA craze, I think, is kind of over. And people are, are and the, the sour craze, barrel condition stuff is what's taking off. Oh, Jesus. Saison's repeating on me. But uh, you just burped through that like entire monologue. It was tough. And now, <laughs> as soon as I run Rick out of and Morty <laughs> shit, <laughs> the only other property I dislike more than Lord of the Rings. Oh, you should see the crossover. It's going to be great. <laughs> We're actually big fans of both of those. I can't like if show. I was in Capital Punishment, they would be like, "Here's an episode of Rick and Morty about Lord of the Rings." And I'd be like, to, "Just kill me now." You have to watch it on a couch with just Jackson. kill me now. And and Christopher Tolkien and Matthew McConaughey is also in it. <laughs> he's the projectionist, and he's gonna let you know his his comments from the booth. He, uh, do you know that Matthew McConaughey like got his Hollywood? Oh no, Guy Fieri got his Hollywood star recently. Name? Guy Fieri. I love that you say it correctly. You're welcome. <laughs> That's great. Um, Guy Fieri got his Hollywood star recently. You know who was there to present him like with his like award speech? It was fucking Matthew McConaughey. Really? He probably requested that. You know, you have to pay to get your square. They're like friends. And I'm like, of course you are. Of course they are. But you know that, right? Like you pay to get your Hollywood square. Would you not? Star. I would. I would. Like you have to get approved. If I just went to them, I was like, can I get one for 50 grand? They'd be like, no, we don't know who you are. But if you're famous, you're like you literally just have to go and pay for it to get one. It's it's like bo- getting your name on a bench at the local park by donating to the town. Like, you just have to do it. If you live there, you just do it. So, eh. I just dislike both of them so much. It doesn't even matter. Um, but anyway. <laughs> so I, fe- I would feel bad if we didn't talk about social media at all because you're the social media expert in my life. Okay. I know you're not comfortable with that title. but I did walk you through hashtags sometimes. You did. You have. You've helped, you've helped any success that the social media for this podcast has had. You've contributed. I don't know that that's true. Your brother like does some stuff. He does most of it, but I, that's why I said you contributed to it. I that's didn't fair. Say, I didn't give you all the credit. No, I don't deserve. But all he's the credit. not good at it, and the other guy is not good at it either. They po- he posts these really long blog posts that no one clicks on, and then my brother just kind of jokes around and Sorry, doesn't really guys, push I know our you're content. Both listening. <laughs> I hope they're listening. They should be. I have to listen to the shitty episodes they do without oh, me. Oh boy! <laughs> but like, what are we doing wrong, basically? Um, sometimes there's like weird replies on your Twitter to your, your, you're just like engaging with weird tweets that aren't part of your brand. Mm, so focus, 
focus well, on the yeah, brand. Yeah, you're just like replying to like weird polls and stuff. That's my brother. Just like you should run a personal account for that kind of stuff. Like, I think he forgets and forgets to sign out of the thunk tanks. Yeah, you should be more um, cognizant of that kind of stuff. That could tank your brand because that makes that your new brand, right? It's just it doesn't make any sense. It's like it deters me from following you because it looks mm. like a mistake. I just just a mistake. Don't do that. Okay. I mean, there's what else? You know, I Gordon Ramsay us come into our kitchen. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Should I pull up our Twitter page? Would that help? No, not necessarily. I. The hard thing is, is it's just like the. There is a certain degree of uh, uh, smart moves there where you're like trying to engage with stuff that are similar to the topics that you guys are talking about, which is a mm-hmm. smart move, you know, engaging in those conversations. But, th- it, you know, in a way, it's it's a complicated thing because I'm not sure that Twitter is the best platform to be promoting this kind of thing anyway. Right? I always thought it was weird. Twitter is such a short, quick burst thing, and these are like hour to two hour podcasts in in a weird way kind of the most successful way to sort of engage our podcast audience right now is facebook groups um facebook groups are like as much as facebook is like an old people platform facebook groups are having a real resurgence because it's sort of like the new chat room sort of like Hmm. the new way to like develop and create an engaged community I'm involved in Facebook groups with podcasts that I don't even listen to anymore, but I'm like still involved in the Facebook group because I find out stuff there and I engage in conversations with, I have a podcast that doesn't even exist anymore. The podcast network defunct it and the, the Facebook group still exists. And it's just like a place that the community just engages one another about like what the song of the summer is and like shows that are happening. And just like, here's our conversation thread about the Tonys, like stuff like that. I guess that's part of the problem with Twitters and stuff is it's, Oh, there's a lot of fake accounts on there. Yeah, but the interesting thing is you guys could just set up a Facebook group specifically for like the your Patreon. It's just kind of like, here is our thread about this week's episode. Like, what are your thoughts? But what happens if those people get together and start talking and realize they don't need us? What do you mean? Why would they realize they don't need you? They're already way more engaged. I mean, everyone's insecure. That's a different thing. You could start a conversation in your Facebook group, your Thunk Tank Facebook group about insecurity. Hmm. Like what... It's they've already paid to like be part of your supporting audience. It just creates a place for them to engage. You're just trying you're by creating a space where they have conversation, you're already mm. engaging them more than you were before. More value than they were getting. Right. So like here's the thing, you're already talking at them. Give them a space where they can talk back to you. All right. I think I think we're going to do that. You hear that thunkers? You get <laughs> thanks Sarah for this for the toxic chat rooms we're going to create. Is that a toxic chat room? I'm just projecting where it's going to go. But also it's like a great phrase for you to be like what do you want us to talk about? What's a concept that might be good? Like what do you like? What don't you like? Mm. And they're already engaged and you can make it private. It's a place for you to monitor who's coming, who's going. It's kick someone out if they're rabble-rousing. Right. In a non-constructive way. Right. This is actually not a bad idea. I haven't personally used Facebook in like four or five years, but I assume the other guys have one. Right. I I, I just think it's a good, like, f- it's the it's the new chat room. It's a place to mm. connect with and monitor your community. And, like, you wouldn't believe, like, there's, like, thousand, I mean, there's a huge Facebook group for, like, just bartenders in Winston where we, like, talk about where ALE is and, like. That is a group. Those are the, the 
the beer cops, basically, for people listening from other states. But and it just is like good. And cause, and where you've kicked people out and like it, who to look out for. I generally shit on Facebook as a parasitic waste of time, but that group is actually functional because you'll see at nine o'clock, hey, this guy dressed like this, we kicked out because he got violent and tried to punch one of the bouncers. Like, Great. If that guy in the orange jacket tries to walk into my bar, I know he's trouble. I don't have to wait and find out. Like, it is good for little things like that. And like, um, like shows like The Bachelor. There are Facebook. I was groups. waiting for you to bring up The Bachelor. Really? Yeah. I don't even watch it. I know, but you're a fan. But uh, there's, I literally listen to a podcast twice a week that's about The Bachelor. I don't even watch the show. Right. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> but hey, like, there on. are literally Facebook groups dedicated to The Bachelor that have like thousands and thousands of people on them. Where they just like talk, like it's it's like a new, like it's a similar to, it's Reddit, but it's more approachable. Mm. Just like these kind of conversations that are happening where I, I feel like Reddit has a certain amount of approachability. Like Reddit is cutting a lot of people out. It's very exclusionary and it's formatting. Be- yeah, Because the user experience on Reddit is so bad, it cuts a lot of people out. It's intentional, but, yeah. Right, but this Facebook group is kind of building the same thing where it's like these conversations and these groups are happening. Hmm. So, I mean, maybe you're more of a Reddit crowd, but it's just kind of the similar thing where, like, build a place where you're just, like, Instagram is visual. Twitter is, it's quippier. It's just a better place. What you want to do is you're building a community. You're building a community of listeners. Trying, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, where, where, how did these people, like, find each other, these listeners, like, talk about what they thought about the episodes and... You think they should be shorter? Shorter episodes? It, frankly, that just depends on your, like, I, that's a question for your audience. Because I listen to, I think it's because all of us thunkers, we listen to hour, two, three hour long, one, two, three hour long podcasts If that's ourselves. your audience, you shouldn't change it. I mean, I don't know if it's our audience, but that's what we like, so that's just what we're doing. That's your audience. Like, it, yeah. ask your audience then. That's a it's, great it's question two for guys, your audience. really, are the two people that actually, like, give us real feedback. We have li- listeners and people that contribute regularly, and... We get like regular downloads, not a lot, but like regular downloads, and we get track to what like countries and states. And there are people that listen regularly, but but just ask them what they think. Yeah, or what they thunk. Perfect. Sorry. Got to stay branded, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, stay branded. Okay, I got that part. Make some stickers. Oh, we should. But what are we going to put them on? Uh, Whatever you want. Take pictures and post those. Yeah. Okay. Send them to people. We Maybe have- magnets. I know you're in the magnets. magnet business. I'm a big fan of magnets. Oh, they don't even know. I haven't even told any of these magnet stories. On really? The podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I got a I got a case of like a few hundred magnets with these dog heads on them, like pictures of real dogs looking happy and smiling. They're like three inches across, maybe five inches across. They're small. Oh, they're like a two by three. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I just. My, well, my neighbor covered my truck in them, and I drove it to work. And you took a bunch. And yeah, and I've been putting them. them on other people's cars, and that's great. And they've been spreading. I've seen them around town, like in the wild. We. Oh, we, really? You've we, seen oh, them yeah, on yeah. like strangers' cars? Yeah, or cars. I've thrown them on cars in the parking lot. You're going to be the new put the cone back sticker. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and I'm gonna. Get, I'm about to order a bunch more of my dogs and uh, 
maybe we'll have a contest giveaway for some listeners. That'd be I think sick. that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, of, of these adorable dog magnets. And they're great because you throw them on someone's car, and then if you can be around when they find it, the reaction is the same all, every time, and it's amazing. At first, it's a disbelief, like, what is that? And then an outrage that somebody touched my car and put a sticker on it. And then they try to peel it off, and they realize it's a magnet that left no permanent mark. And they usually take it off, look at it, and then shrug and put it right back on. I mean, especially if it's just a dog. Because it's just a dog. Like, it's not making a political statement. You're not, like, you know, you're not committing to anything with it on your car. At this point, I've put almost 30 dog. on one person's car. That's and great. she's loving it. Is her car still covered in them? Oh, yeah. That's great. She's mad that there's not more of them. That's great. That's uh, That makes me so happy. I don't know what I'm going to do when you don't live here anymore. I'll give you the website. You can get more. Okay. <laughs> I don't you know. might want to get some of the brewery's name on it. I'm not doing that. No. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to, but I'm not paying for that. Well, that's the thing. You get someone else to pay for it. You got a case of free magnets now. Right, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe but, they'll send me some samples. But it is fun. I'll throw them on cars that get left overnight outside the bar, and then I'll see them around town later. And it's like they had that moment where they found it, realized, and you know, left. One was a really nice, like a brand new Audi. You know, I would prefer if we would just put stickers on those cars. <laughs> I would too, because then they got to peel them, and they deserve it. But I just have a bunch of magnets. That's true. Free magnets, but like, I got put it on this Audi under the bumper, so you'd have to like get down to see it. And I, I have they haven't come back, but I assume it's still there. Absolutely. Um, all right. Any other further social media advice? I, I wish I knew what to ask here because, yes, a lot. We, we definitely try to post on Instagram, but I feel like it's mostly just Luke posting Treehouse beers from Treehouse Brewery up in Massachusetts. And like, I feel like it should be more thunky things that we do, but... Yeah, I mean, it would be cool if there were like more pictures of you like recording or like who the guest is going to be. Should we take a selfie? I mean, if you want to, sure. I, I really don't. Then that's fine. See, okay. but like the thing is, you like you don't actually want to do it. Just no. <laughs> I just want to hang out and talk to interesting people. That's fine. I mean, you can beer. do that too. Okay. Let's Listener keep base that. isn't necessarily going to grow that. That's all right. I really don't care much. Yeah. As long as I'm having fun, it's worth it. Is how I've always seen the podcast. I wish Snapchat would die. That's my greatest. Wish. I think I could agree with that. We don't even have one. We don't need one. There's no no real business <laughs> needs a Snapchat. I mean, the podcast. What if you run like a cam service from your dorm? Yeah, maybe. Snapchat premium. I feel like you make a lot on that. That's a thing, right? Isn't that a thing that 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 like the 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 self made cam model things are doing? I probably. Isn't that a big? Isn't that just? To be perfectly honest, the, I'm not super um, involved in the cam model industry. I'm pretty sure that I have no evidence for this. I'm not either, but I'm pretty sure Snapchat's whole business model is like boobies. Like 15 seconds of movie, send me money for a live rumor. feed, right? I mean, there's some of that on Twitter, sure, yeah. But it seems to be exclusively Snapchat is that, and then teenagers trying to hide messages from their parents. And that certainly is like an old person take on the platform. Yeah, yeah that's that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> I had Snapchat for like two months. I mean, I still have mine, but yeah, it's more of just like a personal messaging system that I have with my friends. Hmm. But I don't... I don't see a lot of value in it. I think if it died, I wouldn't be that sad. Is there any social media that's really good for meeting new people? Or is that the same story I hear from people? Like, uh, I use Instagram because like, that's how I keep track of my favorite brands. Or I keep Facebook because like, me and my friends from college have a group on there. Or I group certainly chat. have a few people from Twitter that are like just sort of friends because we just like found each other's Twitters and we thought each other were funny. Truly, this weekend... 
I had a very weird experience where a girl that we follow each other on Twitter simply because we like thought each other was funny is actually dating a girl I went to high school with, hmm. which I discovered on Instagram this weekend. I was like, who this girl from high school is making out with this person who looks familiar. Oh, it's because I follow her on Twitter. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And we were just like, we've become like Twitter friends hmm. and it's, she's actually dating someone I went to high school with. So like I had this weird conversation with this girl from high school. I was like, is your person that you're maybe dating following me because she knows i know you and she was like oh no this is so weird weird she just like follows you because she thinks you're funny and it was it's just hmm. like a weird and like i have a few people that are just like strangers you don't think that that girl started following you so that the girl from your high school could stalk you and see what you were no up to? literally she had no idea i was like that girl you're uh, making okay. out with on that instagram you just posted we follow each other on twitter that's do i do i know her like she didn't also go to high school with us did she like do i know this I'm person getting oops yeah i was a little hmm. bit worried for a second but yeah, it's just like there, and like there's a there's like sort of in in LGBT culture there is sort of a weird like Instagram sliding into DMs situation. I've heard that phrase where like Instagram is like almost its own dating platform. I have for one have never experienced it. I think it's like a bigger thing in like bigger cities, but just like yeah, like hot people on Instagram like sliding into well, each other's DMs. Well, because you can just DMs. post what your deal is, and then they come to you, I guess. Well, yeah, and it's just sort of become like a like a hot people, like it's acceptable to just like post hot pictures of yourself on Instagram all the time. I know that's what mine is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, like Instagram in its own right has become like a weird like, hey, you look high, like what you doing this weekend, sort of. Hmm. N- not for me. <laughs> no, tell me more about your hookup page, please. I don't have a hookup page. <laughs> Dad, mom, nobody. <laughs> definitely don't. Yeah, I don't think they're listening to the thunk thing. You never know. I might send this to them. Yeah, this, they might think this Like, is share, cool. and subscribe, guys. Hey, I hope you like it. Please consider joining us on Patreon. I don't Click think my mom below. knows what a podcast is, but Lewis might. Dad might. Dad, tell him to check us out. I'll have him come on, too. What he up, sounds Lewis? interesting. Oh, you would love my dad. Tell him to come on. We'll Skype him in. Uh, I'm trying to think about like what my dad would talk about. Maybe just like the my dad has a restraining order from Steve Jobs. So we, we could talk about that. You you've already heard my my opinions on Apple. I got strong opinions. So <laughs> he would love to talk about it. That would be great. And we we did a whole episode on we did a two parter on Elon Musk. So I know I could get along with him on that. He's <laughs> he a big. Would he owns a Tesla, right? He does. You should send him. My that dad episode. has owned two Teslas at one point. Well, in his yeah, life. we did we did one on Elon and we did one on SpaceX. He space washes space. his Model Three with filtered water. So. <laughs> That's a very Tesla. <laughs> That's a owner gen- you would laugh. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. That sounds like what a Genuine nerdy Tesla o- filtered owner would water. Do. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I would have him on. Sure, but all right. I think we're. Movie. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Because okay. uh, we're at uh, enough. <laughs> Is there anything we didn't cover you wanted to cover? That's how most of my relationships end. They're like, we're at enough. And <laughs> on a downer. No, is there anything we didn't get to or that you wanted to get to or uh, that we started and you wanted to finish? Um, wanted to get back to? Mostly just that the Lord of the Rings is bad. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let that one go because you're the guest. <laughs> so we'll let you get that in. We'll probably have to come you ba- have you come back on so Joe and Luke can argue why you're wrong about that. Oh, I can't wait for that. It's just like the full Labriola force. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's something to behold. All right. Well, thanks for coming, Sarah. All right. Thank you so much for having me so I could talk about um, how Lord of the Rings is bad. (laughs) I mean, we covered other stuff, but yeah. I can't wait. No, what? Lord of the Rings is bad. Fucking end. All right. I'm hanging up on her. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Funk Tank podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. 
Uh, if you want to help us out, please consider leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, share it with people you think might like it. And if you really want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash thunktankpodcast. We have links to this in, in the episode description and other places. And for as little as $1 an episode, you can help us keep the lights on. And you also get access to a very special drunk tank uh, feed of episodes. So every few episodes, we'll have a few more beers and record an extra 20 to 30 minutes of extra thunky, silly, uh, whateverness. So... There's a separate RSS link you can get from there, and if you put that into a podcast player, you'll get your own separate feed of only the drunk tanks. I think we have about six or seven of them out already, and more to come. Thanks for listening, and stay funky. Stay funky.